Well, welcome back to another month of the Fresh Start Podcast. This is episode 10, so if you've been with us over the last 10 episodes, then welcome back. If not, if this is your first time joining us, then we would recommend go back, watch some of the other ones. We have some good content out. Make sure to like, subscribe, share, all of those great things so that more people can see what we have going on here. Uh, This is June the 1st when this podcast is going out, and with us today, as it's been graduation season and students are getting ready to go to college or go to a next phase of life, we have the BCM director at University of Tennessee at Martin, Dr. Morgan Owen, (laughs) that is with us today so uh well, Mo, it's thanks for time i yeah. had that as an introduction last last week i was at uh a uh, back to work service in milan at the high school and so that was the first time i was announced this is the second time so hey I'm, I'm glad that we can do that for you so mo why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself your ministry yeah. at ut martin sure um my name is morgan owen but i go by mo uh students call me uh, brother mo mo um and i basically serve as the a collegiate ministry specialist from the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board, specifically on the University of Tennessee Martin campus. Um, the purpose for that is to be able to uh, invest in the leadership of students, uh, help motivate them and encourage them to see their campus as a mission field, to be able to share the gospel, uh, and then to um, prepare opportunities for students to lead and also go on missions. Uh, but a variety of things that take place in our ministry. Uh, we're located at 112 Hurt Street, just right across one of the parking lots on the east side of the university. And so our ministry is just pivotally located at a spot that students uh, can easily walk to our facility. So, and you've been there a while now, right? Yeah, this I just finished my 18th year at UT Martin, and so uh, that's a long that's time. Awesome. I don't look that old, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm married to Carol, I have three daughters, Three son-in-laws. Oh, those there are fun. You, those are great. I, you know, with three daughters, I needed some guys. You That's know what I'm right. saying? And so yeah. we've got three son-in-laws. Those guys are great. And we have two grandchildren, a grandson and a granddaughter. And so one is one and one is two. Uh, two. Yeah. There you go. That's yep. awesome. So um, this afternoon, I just happened to be on Twitter. And this just goes back to us seeing the college campus as a mission field. Um, Shane Pruitt uh, put out a tweet either today or yesterday um, and it said that there are over 28 million college students currently in America, and if all of the college students were to come together and form their own state, they would be the fourth largest state yeah. in the United States. And then he went on to explain that it is a huge mission field, and there are a lot of students and opportunity to reach that age and demographic of, of people because they're, right. just, they're so large and so unreached yeah. right now that it is a, a huge mission field and opportunity for us to take the gospel to. That's true. That's true. You know, on the mindset of... Uh, seeing a campus as a mission field is something that, and I'll be honest with you, I did not really have in my um, mind when I started UT Martin. Uh, I I came from uh, an experience as a college student at Murray State, and so I was involved in BCM uh, there. Great experience, but it wasn't until we had a young man by the name of Nathan Elliott you know what I'm talking about. I do. Sylvia Baptist Church from yep, Charlotte. Home Church yeah. from Charlotte. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Nate, Nate just gave his life to, life to Christ before he jumped into college and um, got to invest in his life, and uh, he served on staff with us. And I loved it because he, every time uh, we began a year during his two-year term as a campus missionary with us, he always told the students, okay, you're here for 10 months. 
you're a missionary to this campus. What are you going to do with that mission? What are you going to do with those opportunities? What are you going to do with those conversations? And so that kind of turned our students' perspective and understanding of their campus, that they see it as a mission field. And so um, and, and it's something that's generational. It's been passed down uh, year after year, generation to generation of students since, uh, since he was there, which um, was about 12, 13 years ago. So. Yeah, yeah, just kind of uh, to give a little background on. So, yeah, I grew up with Nathan Elliott, and Nathan uh, was probably one of the biggest, like, Saul to Paul conversions I've seen. I saw the old Nathan, and he, uh, he was, for students out there, he was about as worldly as you could get, and he would probably he would probably attest to that. He uh, I played basketball with him. He was two years older than me. He was somebody I always looked up to. But I'll be honest with you, in high school when he walked in to Sylvia Baptist Church the first time, I was like, "What is he doing here?" <laughs> because that was not his scene. He was the popular guy who had a lot of girls chasing after him, a lot of parties, a lot of things that did not have to do with Christianity. But when God got a hold of Nathan. He went all in, and yeah. he is still, I mean, he's serving um, as a missionary right now, and so yeah. he's killing it. And so, yeah. and the man. turn is, because he gave his life to Christ, you know, he, he had that frame of mind of digging into the Word and growing in his faith, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, one of the things that we desire to see is students that are coming onto the campus who kind of have that foundation. Of course, his was a very small time frame of a foundation. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's challenging because there are students that we have that come to our campus that you just wonder where they're going to, where everything's going to fall with them when it comes to their walk with God. And, and it, that's, a, that's a challenging time for students. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I know that during some of our conversation, you know, you, you were wondering about, you know, the aspect of a student coming onto the campus and kind of like falling away from their faith or falling away from their involvement in church. And and when you think about the college campus, there's a lot of freedoms that some mm-hmm. students don't have. And um, Nathan was one of those who experienced all the freedoms in high school, but then because of his walk with God and he jumped onto the college campus. Uh, there's something about having a personal mission call uh, and a walk with God. Not that he was a perfect person, but but being challenged by that and um, those are the students I think that thrive on our college campus if they come I with a clear understanding of who their identity is in Christ mm. then they really um, they grasp God's call in their life they grasp they may not know everything like, uh, I don't know about this biology class I don't know about you know this these these um, uh, this homework that I have but they do know internally because of their walk with God um, that their life is to be called on purpose on campus while they're there. That's awesome. So, so you mentioned one of the things, you know, freedoms was one of the reasons you see students mm-hmm. fall away from their faith in yeah. college. What are some other reasons that you see students just, they may have a biblical foundation, but they just don't pursue that once they get to the university? I, th- I think another uh, challenge that they face is when they walk onto the college campus. Let, let's use Martin as a setting compared to say like a union where clearly the professors are approaching schoolwork from a Christian perspective, uh, the sciences, the arts from a Christian perspective. On the opposite side, you have UT Martin where students are hearing from professors from a worldly perspective, from, um, from a humanistic perspective. And that really challenges students. You know, when, when they're sitting in class and they're hearing 
this, uh, whether it be evolution or other issues of from a worldly perspective, hit them. Sometimes they're like, um, okay, uh, I'm just going to be quiet right here, <laughs> and I'm not going to say anything. But then I think what the challenge is for some students is um, they're looking, they're grasping for, okay, what can I use to help me deal with this information that I've been given from a professor. Um, I know when I was a youth minister, there were times I had college students call me, hey, I just, I'm in this class and I, I just need some, I, I hate to use the word ammo, but I need something to be able to fire back at my professor because I feel like that he's really in the wrong area. And I don't want to develop a straw man, you know, kind of the, um, um, you know, some of the, um, recent movies that we see yeah. atheist professor challenges <laughs> a Christian student. Yeah. And while that happens, I think on the college campus to a point, uh, a lot of professors are sympathetic and understanding that their objective is to not just give one side to the story, but to try to give the other side of the story. But when you have a professor, sometimes that is very clear in how they stand. Uh, and a student has to then write an essay about an issue that they know that if they were to give it from a Christian perspective, it's not going to pass. It's not going to have a passing grade. Mm. That's another area mm. where they really struggle, and where they there's kind of this shifting that takes place in their minds. And part of that too, I think, is that sometimes our churches have uh, focused on the the Bible says it, believe it, and that's it, without really helping students mm. move forward and understanding why they believe what they believe. Um, David Kinnaman talks about that in um, Unchristian or You've Lost Me, uh, one of the two, where you know there's some really great young people who have grown up in the church that are smart when it comes to the sciences. But because the church didn't give a good biblical reason for certain issues that they have in conflict with, with Scripture, uh, in, instead of the just, it's in the Bible, just believe it, <laughs> um, they, that helps them move in in a distance away from the church because like they're not answering I'm finding answers in science so sometimes we lose students because the church is not answering the questions from a from a biblical standpoint but from a, a an educational standpoint mm. uh, so that's good so all of us here sitting at this table we've all gone through the undergrad experience of mm -hmm. going away to college and uh, having yeah crazy busy lives as a college student. I think there are very few other people in the world who is much thrown at them and to figure out what to do all at one time than college students. Um, so as are some of our students that are maybe listening or families that are listening, what are some tips that you have for the average college student coming in to balance school and work and church involvement? Because all of those are obviously, you know, yeah. we want to they want to have a good education. They need to make money so they can pay for, you know, their Chick-fil-A trips and that yeah. sort of thing while they're there. But, yeah. you know, we also want them to continue to be involved in church and, you know, not stay up till five in the morning and then sleep through the, the 1030 a.m. <laughs> service the next day, yeah. that sort of thing. So what are some tips that you might have for students on how to balance um, a lot of those things that are thrown at them when they jump yeah. in? That, that's a really good question. Um, I, I like the illustration that has been used um, by a lot of people when it comes to the the jar is your life, and um, you have an assortment of things that you've got into, to put into the jar, and you've got some big rocks, you've got some medium rocks, and you've got a lot of pebbles. And what we often do as, well, what college students often do that I did was I let the pebbles be the things that I, you know, put in first, and then 
the bigger things try to cram it in. And those bigger things in the life of a college student, uh, if they're a believer, is their walk with God. I think that is a, a, a rock-solid, important thing that they put inside the jar first. You know, their, their walk with God. That, that is um, uh, something that should be a high priority, their time in the Word personally, uh, and their time with believers. I think that's something that some students struggle with, you know, that, that uh, they find themselves in circumstances where they shouldn't be, and it's because they're with people who don't uh, see life from a biblical standpoint. They don't see life what it, in a way that, is this something that Jesus would be glorified with in my life, you know? No, uh, another big rock that's important and something that we really press with our students is that uh, you're a student and mm -hmm. that big rock needs to be in there and uh, to be um, a student and be responsible with your schoolwork is a high priority. Uh, you know, look at Daniel. You know, Daniel and his friends, um, uh, Mishael, Hananiah, and Azariah, I mean, those guys were studied, right? They, they were smart. They took that seriously. And students, I, I think, need to remember to keep things like that big rock seriously. And the other things that um, those other rocks are, you know, those things that relationships with parents, with family, with friends, the little pebbles are the chip, trips, the Chick-fil-A, you know, <laughs> those are not the important things, but they're important mm, though. Yes. And they're important, but not, they're not the most rocks. important. So, yeah. so the midnight run to Waffle House is not as important as making sure you're up at as, 1030 for uh, the church service. Well, as long as you get the big rock, the big rock is church. <laughs> yes, you know, absolutely. Yes. God, you know, and so, yeah, you can definitely do that. Just make sure that you, uh, you put the big rock in first. So. Well, I know that you come across a lot of different students who have a lot of different personalities and quality traits and all of that, but um, do you see any qualities in students that just seem to help them grow in their faith once they get yeah. to, to college? Yeah. Um, students that uh, do well in their experience in college, and this is, this is not just college ministry, but college in general, uh, in their, with their walk with God and their studies, they have, uh, I think, a clear understanding that either A, they have a call on their life uh, and they know what it is. You know, we have students that know exactly what they're going to do when they come to college. You know, they're going to be in the nursing program because God's called them to be a nurse. And, you know, when they were a little kid, that's what they wanted to do, you know, and they just that, like that. This is what God has affirmed again and again. This is what I'm going to do. And, and the other side of that is the students that have no idea what they're going to do with their life, but they know that God's in control and they trust God with what, and those are the students that may change their major two, three, four, five, six times. You know, it was this guy right here four times <laughs> until I uh, figured out what God was calling me to. <laughs> but you, but you have an idea. God's got a call in my life. I just got to figure that out. Mm -hmm. I think those are those are um, important things for students to understand. God is in control, and God has a purpose for my life. And when students understand that and live that, man, they they really do uh, show that they're faithful in their walk and in their relationships uh, and in other aspects as well. You know, I've been really blessed to be able to see students that have approached dating in a biblical way. And our, uh, some of our other students watch that. And when they watch that, they, they know what the world is like when it comes to dating. And, but when they see a couple who take faith seriously in their walk with God and each other in this relationship, man, uh, that means a lot. And again, that all falls in their, their identity of who they are as a student. Um, another quality is study. Oh, yeah, you're in college. You got to study, right? You got to read, you got to write. And uh, students that take their schoolwork seriously 
are uh, very effective and successful as students. Uh, but probably the most important and foundational thing is students that walk um, with the Lord in the Word. Uh, they're spending time in the Word, uh, and, and, it's, and it's coming out in their conversation. And um, not flippant, but, but serious, and they're really digging. And some of my favorite conversations are with students who are digging through something, a book in Scripture, and, um, and we're talking about that together. And they're, they're like, man, this is really tough stuff. This, is, this really hits home. Um, and I think that that's honoring of God. God, I don't understand why you've ha had me uh, or brought me to this point in Scripture where I'm reading this, but um, this really is hitting me at home. And God, thank you for what you're speaking into my life. Those are the kind of students I think that are effective in college for the gospel. So, so a big part of um, a student's life in college is parents. Um, so some of the for some of our parents who uh, listen to this, what are some maybe tips or advice that you have for parents of students who are getting ready to go away for college? You know, is it good to call your student every day? Or, you know, those yeah. are just the kind of things that students worry about or parents worry about, and they just maybe want some answers to. What are just some maybe advice that you have for, for parents? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a really good question. Um, and when it comes to um, the experience as a parent of sending your kids off to school, I would say I really ex had the experience of three different, with three different daughters, three different experiences. Our oldest daughter went to Murray, which was an hour away. Not a problem. She would come home once in a while. But there was a time in the uh, latter part of the fall semester, first semester, um, she called and said, Dad, I'm going to be home about whatever on Friday, and um, uh, you know, I just want to let you know I'll be home for dinner. And I said, no, you're not coming home. Hmm. Sometimes we as parents need to tell our students, you need to create the community there on your college campus. The students that thrive are the ones who find community in their college setting. Um, and so, yeah, she cried, and my, and my wife got after me, hmm. but it was a good thing because she understood that she needed to find community there at Murray when she was there. Our middle daughter went to Tennessee Tech. Oh, man, she was ready to get out of town. And so, uh, you know, we were able to uh, not be, uh, not hover, not be the helicopter parent nor the stealth parent. You know, well, you can't see me, or, but, um, you know, there are times in which we need to let our students be there, be a person, get to know themselves as a college student. Um, uh, I think sometimes we are too much in the business of our kids. We need to let our kids learn and grow and make mistakes. Um, but I remember it was that daughter that I heard there was a problem with the professor, and I said, do you want me to contact the professor? And she's like, no, Dad, don't. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I won't. You're going to learn this on your own. This is a life lesson. So sometimes we need to let students experience life lessons. Let them, and I know this sounds bad, let them fail if they're not going to do the work. Let them learn failure. We don't do that a whole lot as parents, mm -hmm. especially in my generation. we got to come behind and clean up the mess and make them look nice. And we've got to let them just learn. Our youngest daughter went to Martin. She stayed at home. And, um, you know, there are some important things when it comes to guidelines and parameters with, with your students that if they're going to stay at home, you know. Um, our, our youngest daughter loved to be, as a freshman, out with her friends. She was developing community. That's great. But if you're going to drive home at 1 o'clock in the morning and I'm in bed, don't call me. Don't text me. 
you need to become an adult. If you're going to live in this home, get home by a decent time. Um, and that forced her then to find an apartment. That's, <laughs> yeah, you know, you and I was like, that's fine. If you have an apartment, then you're with your friends and your friends can give you a ride home. And that's all right. Now, that sounds harsh, but I believe that God has blessed us with children up to the age of 18. When they make that transition in life, they're adults. They make decisions and we need to let them be adults. Sometimes we're just protecting our kids. So let them grow up. Let them grow up and make important decisions. When I was their age, I went to community college for two years, and I did the sleep-in on Sunday mornings for church because I was struggling with my sense of call. And my mom didn't harp on me, but she always reminded me where my place was supposed to be, and that was with God's people in church. And sometimes the nudges, a nudge here and a nudge there can make a huge difference, but lovingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have students who hopefully are watching or listening to this who are looking for a future graduation, whether they go to college or technical school or enter the career force. Uh, how, what like advice would you give to them on preparing to grow uh, in their faith on their own right now as a middle schooler, as a high schooler, who maybe aren't graduated yet but are, are looking toward that in yeah. the future? Well, you know, I have always um, appreciated my life, eight, not just 18 years on college campus, but also doing youth ministry. I've been in that rhythm or that cycle of uh, semester and semester, and then summer, semester and semester and summer. So what I've told students when I was a youth minister, but also college students, is find a point when you would say this is the beginning of my year. A lot of students choose August. Okay, I'm starting August. You, you realize in a year's time, you can devote one week reading God's Word. And, and I think that we've become really biblically illiterate in our, in our generation. Uh, my generation has kind of set the stage, I think, because the important aspect of God's Word has been, again, spoon-fed to our kids. And there are hard things in the Bible that we've got to read, that we've got to understand this is important for me to look at because this is a relationship that a person had with God. So if they devote, let's say they're freshmen, they have four years in high school. Four years if you devote every month to one book of the Bible, by the time you get to the end of those 48 months, use some of those months to hit some of those small minor prophets and maybe 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. You could read the Bible through in four years and not just reading it in a rote style, but really dig in each month. What does this mean? And um, when students begin to take God's word seriously, I think that they can definitely grow in their faith. But even more, if they begin to put it into practice. Um, Was it over in 1st John where... He says, uh, if, anybody, if anybody claims to be in Jesus, he must walk as Jesus did. And we're called to walk as Jesus did. And that is living a life blameless in relationship with the God um, that's our Father in heaven. And so students ought to see that relationship with their Heavenly Father in a very powerful way. And not just the, the old man upstairs, you know, that, mm-hmm. that puts up with me and, you know, my... Um, stuff that I deal with in life. And, and that really, I, that hits home with me because when I was 11, my dad died. And I had just nine months earlier become a Christian. Mm. And because of that, when that experience happened, the, the word came, phone call, my dad died. 
uh, instead of being mad at God, um, there was a spiritual conversation between me and God where it was clear him saying, I'm your father. Hmm. And students need to understand because I'm a father and I'm not a perfect father. There are a lot of fathers out there like me that aren't perfect, but we have a heavenly father who is perfect. And our call as a young person, a middle-aged, old person is to walk in relationship with our heavenly father. And so if they can gravitate to that, and how do you get to know more about your heavenly father? By reading God's word. And, um, and so if those two things come together, then you could be very effective. So we've uh, talked about students. Um, we've talked about kind of parents, um, yeah. students looking toward college, and kind of the third prong or the third idea that we wanted to look at maybe um, today is how can a home church uh, best serve their um, students who are graduating and going away to college when, you know, we worked on preparing them and now we're sending them off. While they're in college, you know, we still want to stay connected to them. So how can we best yeah. serve them as they are away at college? Yeah, uh, there's a lot of creative ways to make that happen. I've seen churches do everything from send a care package, you know, once a semester or a couple of times in a semester. Um, you know, um, out of the blue, uh, you know, work with the parents and, and send um, a, a birthday cake, you know, on their birthday, celebrate their birthday, you know, um, just make it available, you know, have it delivered and hey, we love you, home church loves you, you know, you, you mean something to us, pray, we're praying for you, you know, do well. Um, there are other ways as well, like uh, if a student is thinking about doing a retreat or a mission trip or something like that, we've had churches say, hey, if our student is going on one of those, let us know. We want to help with the cost. And and what happens is a student who who doesn't have a whole lot of money recognizes that that church is coming to bat for them and walking alongside their sense of trying to figure out maybe call of mm-hmm. on a call of ministry on their life or how does God how's God going to use my calling in my career, but my church is walking with me on that. Um, having uh you know as far as like uh, youth pastors coming down and visit you know and uh there are times where and i know that probably this church has students that are going to other campuses beyond Mm -hmm. just martin Mm -hmm. and so you know that's a pretty good tour you know uh i had a a friend that did youth ministry in uh, missouri springfield area and he purchased a mobile or a little rv and certain times (laughs) during the year he would take a week and he would drive to the different campuses where his kids were on, and he'd drive that RV, and he'd sleep in that. He wouldn't stay at hotels. He'd sleep in that RV, and he would visit, you know, the students, take them to go eat, and everything like that. And that's a personal touch, you know. It's it's difficult. I was I've been there as a, for eleven years as a youth minister. When you say goodbye to some of these seniors, man, that that really hurts because if you invest in these kids. For you know these number of years, you know ours was sixth to twelfth grade. Uh, you know, there's some students I'm like goodbye, <laughs> but there are some students I'm like, no, don't go. And yeah. uh, um, but um, that that's difficult. And some of some of the most important uh, foundation laid to be able to speak into a college life is during college students' life is during that college that college students' youth years. You built the foundation. Now's the time to really jump in and be able to say, you know, you don't need to be doing this. Or I see you're doing this. Man, that's awesome. 
I'm praising God because this this is what I'm seeing in your life. You know, and social media now we know everything that they're doing, right? Because they, yes. they yeah. show us whether we like to see it or not. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I think that you know by still investing in the lives of your college students, um, sending them a text, you know, praying for you today, that means an awful lot to students. Maybe even mentioning something that you know that that means something to them. Uh, I have a couple students that I, I happen to see on. A, um, a, a picture memory. Um, we were on a mission trip four years ago in Maine. And so I just sent them a text. I sent them the, their picture. I got a picture with them. And I said, hey, remember this? Four years ago, we were on Cadillac Mountain in Bar Harbor in Maine. And, uh, and I had, you know, easily with each one of them a five to ten minute conversation talking about, man, that was a great trip. Man, this is what's going on in my life. Uh, how are things going on at the BCM? Man, I miss you. Love you. You know, those those are still important relationships. That's awesome. Well, Mo, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for all the great advice and mm-hmm. different things. A lot of good uh, seasoned wisdom uh, that you have experienced through life uh, at a college campus and as a student pastor. And so thank you for sharing that with us and with the ones who listen to this. And um, We would encourage you to, again, share this so that there's a lot of students out there who are preparing for college or going to college or have parents of college students or even grandparents, churches, whatever, uh, that you need to hear this advice because, uh, man, it's tough. Uh, The college years are tough. You're trying to walk on your own. You're trying to figure life out. You're trying to figure out who you really are without somebody maybe propping you up. There's some students, they've had to do that their whole life, so it's not just another thing for them. But there's some, this is the first time mama's not gotten them out of bed and cooked them breakfast and sent them on with a lunch pack. So, And those students were usually my roommates, and I I quickly had to tell them, I'm not your mama. But If I could real quick, yeah, uh, if you have a student that's coming to UT Martin, utmbcm.org. And we'd love to hear that your student's heading our way, and we'd love to connect with them. We have a lot of great things coming up at the beginning of the school year if things get back to normal. So Yeah, and pretty much every major university has some type of BCM program. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, so and great campus ministers that serve alongside with students. Uh, just uh, Tennessee actually is one of the stellar stars in BCM world um, because we have a great staff and we have a great state director who leads us. So I know a majority of our students, they go to Martin or Memphis or mm-hmm. Tennessee Tech or UTC or UTK, all of them yeah. great BCM directors who want to reach out. And so, again, uh, there's a, a Baptist ministry right there on their college campus, even yeah. though they're going to a secular university Um, the gospel is being preached and proclaimed. So it's awesome. Awesome. Well, Mo, thank you again. And again, thank you for joining us uh, for another week of Fresh Start. Hope you have a great month.